0: Welcome to The Legal Impact, presented by the University of New Hampshire Franklin Pierce School of Law. I'm your host, Laura Canoy. How many lawyers can say that their office is at Fenway Park? Very few, to be sure, but that's been the experience of our guest today on The Legal Impact, Emily Bensadoun. Emily is a 3L student at UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law in the sports law program, which led her to an internship this fall with the Boston Red Sox. Emily knew she loved working in sports from her first job right out of college, which put her in touch with the country's leading sports franchises. But several years into her career, she decided to pursue a law degree and ended up at UNH Franklin Pierce. Emily, a big welcome to The Legal Impact. Hi. We're so glad to have you, Emily. And um, I just want to start off by Relating back to that experience I just mentioned, you didn't go to law school straight out of college. You graduated from Florida State in 2017 with a degree in business and hospitality. So what was your job right out of school, Emily?
1: So right out of school, I actually worked for Levy Restaurants. Um, It was an interesting company, a great company to kind of get into and really get encompassed in the sports world. But I wouldn't have pursued that if I didn't try out the hospitality world first. And realized um, I loved it, but I wanted something more challenging. And that is what drove me to Levy Restaurants. Levy is a food and beverage provider. They also provide data analytics to stadiums and arenas. And I had the pleasure of starting off at Marlins Park, working within their food and beverage operations as a manager and training. I got to kind of explore all different areas of it. And I realized I wanted something more within the company. And that's where I started working as a projects manager. It wasn't a position that was already established. It was something that I had created along with, um, you know, a couple other individuals at the company and they, I guess, gave me the opportunity or they granted me the opportunity to kind of go in with these projects along with a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, so that's how I started off with Levy. It was really that push from wanting to get out of hospitality and into the sports world. And by no means was I ever a sports fanatic to begin with. I didn't get into sports until, what, maybe freshman year of college when I started off at FSU. And I actually had the pleasure of going to the Masters as my first golf tournament. So I was really setting the bar high with the, you know, events that I got to experience. At the Marlins Park, we had the All-Star Games. It was that year. So I really got to really set the bar high. And from there, I decided that's when I wanted to stick with this industry and then pursue it.
0: Wow, it's really interesting. And when I was reading about Levy restaurants, Emily, so Levy, basically, if I go to, you know, any sort of arena, you know, whether I go to Fenway Park or any of the football stadiums and I buy a hot dog and a Coke, like Levy is providing that? Is that what
1: Levy does? Sort of. So we obviously have our locations. Um, Fenway is with Aramark. But if you go to a location like the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, that is all Levy restaurants driven. Or the Marlins Park, that's all Levy restaurants food and beverage provided. So essentially a company like that comes in and works on providing F&B, the, you know, the fan experience, that, that type of engagement that you go in to get beyond just the sporting event, any VIP areas, so the clubs and the suites, And all of that, all the concessions, that's all what Levy as a provider provides. Oh, that's Um,
0: really interesting. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Which it is, but I guess I never realized what it was until I started. I think I wanted so badly out of the hotel industry that I was like, oh, let me give it a shot and try it. I remember even asking, like, do I need to know anything about baseball? And the VP at the time was like, no, not at all. Oh, that was a lie. I had to teach myself baseball and you know, cause I, I didn't know that, you know, when alcohol stops being served at bottom of the uh, seventh, I think I had no idea what that means. I didn't know what bottom of the ninth meant. I didn't know what any of that meant. So I had to teach myself, you know, this whole new world and how that kind of interplayed with the food and beverage industry too. So it was a fun journey. The first few months kind of just getting acquainted with everything and, and learning the ins and outs of it.
0: Wow, that's great. And I love the image of you kind of not really knowing what the bottom of the seventh <laughs> is. F&B, by the way, um, food and beverage, right? That's that's the abbreviation yes, yes. there. So when did the idea, Emily, of going to law school kick in? I mean, what made you think that this might be the next best step for your career?
1: Yeah, so I'd always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, you know, growing up, you know, I wanted to pursue that industry or that career. And it started off with the criminal side of it. And, you know, as I got older, I realized that was really wasn't for me. So I kind of put it on the back burner and being a lawyer going to law school was just a dream. I thought I would never actually pursue it. And then within, you know, Levy and getting kind of more familiar with what are contracts and what is the industry look like and working with the legal team that kind of gave me that push. Andy Lansing, CEO of Levy Restaurants, also went to law school, and seeing how you can use your law degree beyond just being a lawyer, I think also emphasized why I should go to law school. So I think this idea got sparked around 2018, and then I didn't start pursuing it really until, I mean, really until after COVID hit. Once I lost my job, I was like, okay, well, what can I do? So I turned LSAT studying into a nine-to-five. And from there, I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll apply for the, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the LSAT. I'll apply and see what happens. I got my score. I applied to law schools, And I was like, okay, well, I'll apply to law schools and see what happens. And now I'm in law school and I'm just kind of seeing what happens and taking it day by day. But the idea of going to law school wasn't something that I kind of tailored my education towards, especially in undergrad. I never took any pre-law classes. I, you know, again, business, hospitality. I might have taken hospitality law and a business law class just because it was required, but nothing really specific to the legal field.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So, Emily, if I've got your story right, you, you know, the pandemic, stadiums shut down, you lost your job. And so then you said, "Okay, maybe it's time to dust off that dream of going to law school.
1: Yeah, kind of. No, it was because of COVID, I decided it was time to go to law school.
0: Gotcha. How did you pick UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law, Emily?
1: Yeah, so I, again, was kind of at that point in my life and my career where I was either going to get into a law school or I wasn't. So I didn't apply to many law schools. I tailored the selections to focus more in the sports world because I knew that I wanted a school that was very big in the sports industry. It's kind of how I picked undergrad, too. I knew I wanted something business and hospitality focused, and FSU had a great program, And so that's kind of how I picked my law school as well, uh, focused on a school that had that sports industry concentration. And so, yeah, yeah, sports law. And so in in the midst of my research, you know, McCann popped up quite a bit, and I thought that was a great way to kind of learn under him and get exposure to what he does, um, Along with the business side of what UNH had to offer, I liked that we had a lot of business classes. So I've taken pretty much every business law class that we offer, as well as any of the sports law classes that we offer. So that, I mean, I came in for these classes and I came in for this experience. And I think I've been able to maximize it to the fullest. I also wanted a small school. I've always gone to really large schools. And I thought, okay, well, this is my chance to, you know, actually get to meet the professor and have office hours with him as opposed to just being a number in a class. So I wanted a small school. I also wanted something or some, I wanted a, a school in a location where I've never actually been to. I've never been to New Hampshire prior to the law school or prior coming to law school. So I thought it would be a nice change. So yeah.
0: Wow. And you mentioned McCann. Um, that's Mike McCann, the director of the sports law program. At yes, Professor Mike McCann. Peers. So given your experience in the working world for several years, how do you think you approach your law school education, Emily, perhaps differently from those students who come to law school straight out of college?
1: You know, I think I had a hard time adjusting um, into that classroom environment. That's something that I haven't really needed to do for quite a few years. Even in the school of hospitality, a lot of our classes were very like simulation based or hands on. Um, so I can't remember the last time I actually had to sit in a class and type notes and take notes. So that was that was a huge adjustment for me. And you know, having to like having to write papers. I think the longest thing I had to write was an email. So you know, just kind of getting adjusted into that mindset. There are pros and cons to coming into law school with um, some time off versus you know, just going straight into it, like I'm grateful for the experience that I've been able to obtain in the business world or just in some type of corporate America setting. I think that's really played into how I look at um, assignments given or how I just deal with, you know, other attorneys at the law firm and how I just kind of engage and go on uh, with my day to day. So there are pros and cons to it. But yeah, it was it was a hard time adjusting, especially my 1L year.
0: That's what I've heard that your one l year is the worst, no matter what Emily. Yeah. <laughs> so so you had a fall internship with the Boston Red Sox. Wow,, uh, what did that entail?
1: Oh, it was a lot of fun. I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity that you know, like I said, coming into law school, I focused on a school that I knew could maximize my opportunities in the sports law industry, and coming to the Red Sox was one of them. I knew I wanted to work within a a venue that was within the Boston area. So whether it was um, the Bruins, Celtics, or the Red Sox. And so I was fortunate enough to do the Red Sox. And that was just an experience on its own. I will say it was a four hour commute there and back. Um, so I had a lot of nap time um, on the bus, but the opportunity itself within the um, in, within the park and getting to meet the attorneys and just kind of getting to surround myself with that environment Felt like a full circle moment where I kind of saw things from a different perspective before law school. And now I'm seeing them from this type of lens. And yeah, it's just, been it, it has been, it was a great experience.
0: What did you work on specifically? Were you working on some of those sort of aspects of sports law that you encountered when you were at Levy restaurants, like sponsorships or branding or, or things like that, Emily?
1: Yeah. So we did a lot of sponsorship agreements. That's kind of what I started off with. So sponsorship agreements can work on both ends, whether it's from a a food and beverage perspective or the club, the Red Sox club perspective. So here, for example, the club would get into these sponsorship agreements with various clients. And what was interesting was I would normally only get the agreement before coming into law school. And I only got to kind of see the deal sheet, but then coming into this type of arena as a law student, I got to see what the contract itself looked like. what What's the terminology used? how How are the phrasings in the contract different than the deal sheet. So although the deal sheet wasn't unfamiliar to me, the actual sponsorship agreement was uh, very interesting to kind of learn and get more insight into. So the deal sheet essentially lays out like, will it be exclusive? Um, what are the IP rights? What are the assets? that that are given to the sponsor as a form of payment or so forth and so having to take in all that information and then trans- and then transferring that into the contract was very was a very unique experience because it I had some understanding on the back end so learning what all the assets that the Red Sox has to offer i think that that took me some time to kind of get acquainted to what are the VIP areas, what are, what are the tickets, what are the activation stations that are that are allowed on the course or on the in the park, within the park. And so being able to then just translate all that into a sponsorship agreement was, um, I think, a great experience. I also got more acquainted into the contract world. And so I learned more about how to read a contract and how to find different provisions within a contract.
0: Wow. Just listening to you talk, I'm now getting a sense of just how many areas lawyers are needed in the professional sports world. What do you hope to do with your law degree once you achieve it, Emily?
1: Yeah, so I think I'm still trying to figure that one out. I have focused around my my law degree or my, I guess the last few years in law school has been focused around business transactional stuff. So I do think I enjoy the transactional. I think I enjoy the business side of the legal world. And so I have, with Orrin Reno, the law firm that I worked at my one all summer, my 2 all summer, and I will be also be going back to post-grad, I have done a lot of mergers and acquisitions and real estate agreements and hospitality agreements. So I will definitely be focused on the business side of things. I think I've tried some commercial litigation and I did enjoy that, but I'll be a team player and I'll try it all out. But I do think at the end of the day... I will stick to business transactional. So I want—I would like to kind of get my foot in the door with mergers and acquisitions because I think that is more also all-encompassing. It includes everything and it's a very easy industry to transfer over. So once I kind of get more acquainted into that um, industry or that world, I think switching over into the sports side should be easier, at least that's what I hope. Um, And then once you're in sports, I mean, you know, you have employment lawyers, you have litigation lawyers, you have your transactional lawyers, like it, it really does vary, like there, there's a little, there's a little bit of everything. And I think that's why I like the industry, because it's all encompassing as well.
0: Yeah, I'm really getting a sense of that just talking to you. Last question for you, Emily, what's your message for prospective law students, who, like you, you know, might be thinking about law school, but not really sure if it's for them. They're not 100% Uh, certain that they see themselves as lawyers?
1: I don't know if this message should necessarily be targeted to students rather than the admissions teams for law schools. I think there are a lot of students who maybe have this like idea that they want to go to law school, but they don't know who to talk to and they aren't the ones necessarily targeted. So I think it would be very beneficial if admissions were able to kind of target the business schools and the hospitality schools. Once they have that idea or once they kind of know how to now take that next step into law school, I advise those students to just, I mean, just try it out. I mean, see see what lawyers you can talk to, see who you can network with. I don't think I did enough of that before law school. I didn't talk to many um, alumni of a school that I wanted to go to, or I didn't talk to many attorneys prior to law school. And I think that could have really helped me understand the industry better my 1L year. But of course, you learn that as you go. Um, you learn that through your externships. And I think with that being said, I would just take up every opportunity that's given to you. I definitely worked on some litigation stuff that I don't think I ever really thought I would. And I, I enjoyed it. But again, it was just it was just a way to kind of get more exposure So I guess at the end of the day, exposure is everything. I think you should definitely try, reach out to alumni, reach out to people, build that network. And I think in the long run, that'll help you.
0: Well, Emily, it's been really great to talk to you. And I just wish you all the best, you know, as you move on to the next step in your education and
1: your career. Thank you.
0: That's Emily Bensadoun. She's a 3L student at UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. She has served as vice president of the Student Bar Association and the Sports and Entertainment Law Society. Her internship with the Boston Red Sox ended on December 1st. Well, that's it for this month's episode of The Legal Impact. I'm Laura Kanoy, director of community engagement at the Rudman Center. Our show is recorded, edited, and produced by the Marlon Fitzwater Center for Communication at Franklin Pierce University. Opinions discussed on The Legal Impact do not constitute legal advice or represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire. Thanks, everyone, for listening to The Legal Impact.